This week on Moms Moving On. Oftentimes, the way that things were before the divorce or separation are different from they are now. Like maybe one parent was the primary caregiver, but then now that there's a separation, the other parent feels like they need to be 50-50 because they just want 50-50 and that's what they're stuck on and they need to have it. But a lot of times delving into the reasons why really helps break the gridlock. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so happy to be here today because we are diving deep into a subject I'll admit I knew nothing about when I was going through the divorce process. We have none other than Allison Spirito with us. She's a divorce and family mediator and attorney in LA. She helps families stay out of court and create sustainable settlement agreements that actually work for them. She enjoys working with parents, learning about their children and financial goals and educating them on their options so they can make informed decisions that are right for them and their families. Allison is also an executive committee member of the LA County Bar Association's Barrister's Young Attorney section, where it serves as a liaison to the Family Law section. Allison is also a co-chair of the South Bay Bar Association's Family Law section. Mostly, she believes that court-free approaches are the future of resolving family disputes and has written several articles published on the benefits of mediation and collaborative divorce, co-parenting, the mental health of children in divorce, and why millennials are drawn to the mediation and collaborative approaches. I love this because in my mind, this is Divorce for Millennials. Thank you, Allison, for being here. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. I'm really excited to talk about mediation today. It's something that I'm really passionate about. And I think it's so helpful for families to know their options when they're looking at divorce um, and resolving parenting disputes. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for the general population of people considering divorce, what stops them in their tracks is the fear of the process. What is this process going to look like? How much of my time and energy and sanity is it going to take away from me? And that very often keeps people stuck and scared. But before we get into all that, I'm really big into this collaborative law thing right now. I I have a friend who's a collaborative attorney in North Carolina, and I just don't think there's enough of it. And I'm so glad that you're doing it. What led you to this space in particular? So when I was graduating from law school, I felt like I was at a crossroads and I had a job offer to work for a big law firm but I felt like it was something that wasn't really meaningful to me and something that I didn't really see myself doing long-term. But when it came to divorce and family law, it was something that I had always been really interested in and wanted to pursue and something that I thought would be really meaningful, working with families, getting to learn about their kids and their lives and, and really getting involved in that way and being able to support them in that process. But what I quickly learned from litigating divorces and parentage issues is that the old court model wasn't working for most families. And it oftentimes just led to such high expense and often really embarrassing things coming out in court papers that I didn't feel was to the benefit of the kids or either person. And a lot of the time they didn't even know that there was a better way to go about the divorce process um, because they just thought they had to default into that court model. So they didn't really know that there was an option like collaborative divorce or mediation, both of which keep families out of court and it's private 
and allows people to make decisions that benefit them instead of just being kind of forced into this court model and then not really knowing where to go from there. And then conflict just keeps escalating until a lot of times it can lead to real financial hardship and a long process that they didn't anticipate. I've seen it time and time and time again, especially, you know, down here where I live in Miami and also having clients up in New York, big cities, people are making lots of money. They get into these heated, you know, litigation situations where they're in and out of court for years and half a million dollars later, and they're still nowhere closer to being where they want to be. And then people like you come in and, and you're like, wait, no, we can do this for a mere drop in the bucket for what you would have spent fighting and being egged on by your attorneys, which I see happening all the time. So tell us a little bit about, because, you know, back when I was getting divorced, my whole thought process around mediation was, I hope I don't have to do that. I don't want to have to negotiate with my ex. We can barely have a conversation as it is. I didn't know that the process wasn't like it is in the movies. Can you explain to us a little bit about how it looks? Sure. So one of the biggest misconceptions about mediation is that you have to have everything figured out. You already have to be in agreement to go into mediation when that's not the case at all. And a lot of times, one of the greatest things about mediation is that you get to design design the process. So if you and your spouse or co-parent want to be in the same room together, you certainly can be. And that's how a lot of mediations uh, do go, but you don't have to be at all. What can happen is you can talk to the mediator privately and then the mediator can shuttle between the two of you and have conversations, find out what you want, find out what your spouse or co-parent wants and go back and forth so that you don't need to communicate or be in the same room if that's not something that you want to do or feel comfortable doing, you definitely don't have to do it. And with online mediation, that becomes even easier because you just have the breakout rooms and things like that too. Um, So you can be working from home um, and you can be in your office and just have those conversations with the mediator without having to be there in person with your spouse. So you can just do it separately, totally. I mean, yay for 2020 for making divorce even more of like a... (laughs) I mean, a hot topic, but also a way to do it comfortably from from behind your screen from two separate places. I see it now with my husband in the courtroom. I mean, everyone's at home, like folding laundry, doing their thing in the middle of a hearing. But um, so online mediation, do you do a lot of that? We do, especially because of coronavirus. So before that, we had done a couple of online mediations, but we hadn't really committed to it Basically, this is all we do now is online mediations because um, of the situation that we're all in. And it's difficult to have clients in the offices. And I'm in California, so the restrictions are really tight. So that's kind of what led us to doing so many online mediations. But it's a great option for a lot of people and families. And it's so much more convenient than having to travel or pay for the professional's time to travel in the cases that they would be driving. And especially in LA, that could be two hours. Of right. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So what does yeah. the, on, the online process look like? Because some part of me feels like this is just how we're going to stay for at least the considerable future. So the online process, a lot of um, mediators use Zoom. So uh, I think a lot of people are familiar with Zoom, but it's an online platform where you can video conference and you can uh, meet and talk and work out the issues in the divorce with the mediator, which is the impartial third party that's helping resolve the dispute. And you can either meet together or you can meet separately as we previously discussed by using the breakout room feature. And the mediator can go between 
and help resolve whatever dispute you're looking at, whether that's from the beginning of the divorce case through the end of the divorce and you chose mediation as the process, or if you're already in litigation, a lot of people think that once you're in the court model, once you're in litigation, you're stuck there and you can't go to mediation, but that's not true at all. Some of the most effective mediations happen after people have been to court and they see the expense and the time and how it's impacting their family. And then they decide to go to mediation and stop the court process. So you can definitely use mediation in that context too, which is great. I mean, it's amazing because it seems to be the perfect buffer and it helps you, it kind of like helps you come down from your pedestal of like anger and resentment and helps you refocus on what matters most because I've, I've always felt it was so unfair that, you know, you have two really hurt people who really only have to make decisions for their children just going back and forth because out of principle or what I'm owed or what is right or, you know, not, not realizing that none of that matters long-term. So I love that. So let's say, you know, two biggest issues people have in a divorce, kids and finances. You have a couple come in on two totally different sides of the fence. Dad wants 50-50, mom wants 80-20. How do you resolve that? So Custody is one of the most challenging issues in a divorce case or in a parentage case because there are so many emotions tied to it. And oftentimes the way that things were before the divorce or separation are different from they are now. Like maybe one parent was the primary caregiver, but then now that there's a separation, um, the other parent feels like they need to be 50-50 because they just want 50-50 and that's what they're stuck on and they need to have it. Um, but a lot of times delving into the reasons why really helps break the gridlock um, because sometimes people think they want 50-50. And a lot of times this isn't, this isn't right or supposed to happen, but it has to do with finances. They think, well, if I can have 50-50, then maybe that would reduce my child support or something like that. I see that all the time. And I, I just, yeah. you know, here in Miami, 50-50 tends to be the norm. Like it's very random that you get anything else. But I see it a lot with my clients who are like, you know, he just doesn't want to pay the child support fees. So we're going to have, you know, someone who's never spent a night alone with the kids now have 50%. How come I can't argue that? And, and I always say you can mediate that. Like there is a way to do it. And one thing that I think is really helpful too, is to work out some kind of a step up plan um, so where the parent that doesn't ha- that isn't as comfortable or doesn't have as much time normally can say, okay, well, we're going to start with one overnight a week and then build the two overnights a week after a certain length of time and continue to grow that way to eventually get them up to 50, 50, if that's the goal, instead of just jumping right in when yes, they haven't had an overnight alone with the kid, maybe in the kid's entire lifetime, because the parents were together and now they're separated and want to jump right to that. And another great way is to work with a mental health professional or a child specialist that can kind of be another person that specializes in knowing the child, what the child's needs are. And sometimes hearing it from another person, which could be the mediator um, or could be a mental health professional or child specialist helps parents understand like this is focusing on the kids now and you both may want something, but the kids needs are at the forefront of this matter and at the heart of the matter And so sometimes it's important to refocus on the kids' needs versus just what either parent wants. Um, And mental health professionals are great mediators. Mediators can be, don't have to necessarily be attorneys. You can use a therapist as a mediator. 
you could use a financial professional as a mediator if finances are one of the primary concerns in the case. You can co-mediate and have an attorney and a mental health professional. It's really, really a flexible process that you can design to make the way that you and your family need it to be to reach an agreement. I love that because it's essentially like your future by design. And again, you don't know what you don't know. That's why I'm so happy we're talking about this. It makes me want to jump in my invisible time machine because I feel like had we had that opportunity to hear from the experts about what was actually best for our daughter versus, you know, overprotective mom thinking one thing and dad who felt wronged thinking another thing, it would have just made such a difference. And I tell my clients all the time, you know, you have to take the time to meet with these types of professionals that you've never heard of because they're going to offer you a different way and you can never go back in time. And undoing a parenting plan is basically like, you know, removing a tattoo. It's hard and painful. And I think it's fantastic. Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first a word from our sponsor. Divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events, documentable text messaging, and an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time and date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R FAIR. Subscribe at BeFair.com, that's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com, and then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. Obviously, your goal is to help resolve things within one session, two sessions. What does that typically look like? Some families need more time, some need less. Um, it could be as little as one session if both sides come to the table and they pretty much have an agreement already. If there's disagreement, then it usually does take a little bit more time to kind of flesh out. But the great thing is that you can move it on your own schedule. So in court, I'm having cases that have been continued six, eight months. Yeah. And people are waiting so, so long just to have a few minutes of the court's attention to make a decision. And it's so sad because kids are just hanging in the balance, especially right now um, with a lot of homeschooling and the distance learning and the family's needs are changing, but the courts are so backlogged that it takes forever, COVID or not, it takes forever to get into court a lot of the time. It could take three or four months to even get a hearing in normal times, I mean, at least in LA. So 
I, I think it's really, really important and great in mediation that families can kind of set the pace in terms of how many sessions it takes. It depends on the length of the sessions too. Some people do better in short sessions. Like maybe they only want to be there for an hour or two because it's really emotionally difficult and stressful, but some other people may want to sit there and block out half a day or a full day and just hash it all out right there bring everybody who needs to be there to the table and just work it out. Tomorrow, I actually have an all-day mediation session um, in one of my litigation cases with a retired judge. Um, so retired judges can be mediators too. And they kind of have that authoritative air of having resolved so many cases in the past. And we're just going to sit there all day until however long it takes until hopefully this agreement is reached. So sure that would be my method. Like I've just bring a cup of coffee and a book and sit down and just wait. So I wouldn't have to do this time and time again, because I, I remember from my own process, I had um, post judgment stuff I had to go back to court for. And it was like, Mm -hmm. the issue happened in January and then we weren't going to court until March. And then we didn't hear anything until April. And it's, it's really time stands still in this process. And I love that you bring up how you can really just speed it along because Nobody ever in the history of divorce wanted to slow it down and just take their time, right? When you're done, you're done. Oh, it can take forever. And those one-day mediations are awesome because you get there, everybody's there, you work out the agreement, and you can just move on. Um, And another thing is that you want to pick a mediator whose schedule is going to be able to align with what you're looking for, too. Some mediators, uh, they might set appointments a couple weeks out. If you're looking to have like multiple appointments in a week, you want to check on the availability of the mediator to be able to do that too. But it's definitely possible and um, works for a lot of people to have it in a shorter period of time. That's so great. So for a lot of my followers and listeners, um, the theme of their 2020 separation or divorce is my ex is a narcissist or he's a very high conflict personality. He's impossible to negotiate with. Are you seeing a lot of this? And how do you sort of like mitigate those difficult, toxic behaviors that sort of prevent the person from seeing what's actually right for their child? So that's another great place where I would recommend a mental health professional because they're the ones who are most equipped to deal with those difficult personalities or people that may have personality disorders. And it's really tough because uh, this 2020 has really brought out the worst in a lot of people, unfortunately, and it adds extra stressors. And so normal issues kind of escalate during Mm -hmm. this period, which makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, But like we were discussing before, you could have people in separate rooms if you don't want to see that person, really finding out why that person wants what they want and trying to delve into it. If they're super stuck on one specific issue, And for example, one situation where mediation may not actually be ideal is if the parties, if one side is hiding or has starved the other person out financially and is not willing to engage in this voluntary exchange of information and is not willing to make any concessions or reach any agreements, mediation is a fantastic process. It works for many, many families, but Litigation may be the only option in some circumstances if it's the case where you're just having one side that's completely starved out. There's a narcissist on the other side. They won't agree to a single thing. I always recommend a trial for mediation, or at least in most circumstances, I would, 
But if it's not working for you, you can try mediation and then move to litigation if it if you really need the court system in that way to make a decision. But I think for most families, uh, mediation is a great option. And there are ways to work around it, like I said, with the benefit of the mental health professionals too, and just really, really digging into, okay, what are the kids' best interests? How can we get there um, if the person is open to it? Please note when I use the term narcissist, I use it loosely and I have my air quotes, everybody, because you know how I feel about that term. I think it's overblown and overused. And just because somebody is angry and high conflict and difficult to deal with doesn't necessarily mean they have a clinical diagnosis of NPD. But again, this is like the buzzword of the year. So I always encourage people, my clients or in consults, you know, oh, it's, it's never going to go my way because he's a narcissist. And I'm like, well, let's, let's pretend he wasn't because just labeling him that makes it seem like the whole thing's going to be impossible and I won't even try. Let's pretend he's just got a difficult personality. Like, would that change your approach? You know? So, um, I love that. Well, I think that this, this again is, for the people who listen and who don't understand what their options are, you know, a lot of women are told by their exes, if you leave me, I'm going to make your life hell. You won't see the kids. You won't have any money. I always remind them that that's not the truth. If you speak with an attorney or a mediator, you'll find out what options are available to you. Just because somebody says something doesn't make it true and hurt people are going to hurt people with these threats and accusations. And you really can't go by your ex's word when it comes to how the divorce process is going to be. I know this now. I love helping other people see this now. And I love that you're doing this. Um, one other question I wanted to ask you because you are in LA and it's, you know, a modern hip place here, like Miami and up in New York. Are you seeing the ages in the couples coming to you younger and younger now? I do. In a lot of ways I do. Sometimes it's, it's taking millennials generally a little bit longer to get married, but a lot of millennials have kids, even though they're not married. So I think we're going to see a shift to a lot of parentage cases and co-parenting things. Of course, there will always be a lot of people who are married and who need help with divorces and things like that. But I think for millennials right now, uh, a lot of them are unmarried parents. So we're seeing a lot of that um, and working out co-parenting things. And then as far as divorce, there are still a lot of millennials getting married and, and who need help with divorce issues too. But um, LA has a really strong collaborative and mediation community, which I really appreciate uh, because there are so many people here who need help through this process. And it, it's great to be able to offer those different options. I think it's amazing too. And I think as the world gets more comfortable, you know, there's been such a huge push on social media for like normalizing divorce as the world gets more comfortable with it. I love knowing that there are more and more people I can open my clients eyes up to learning from. And so this is great. We have a, I feel like we just have this strong online community in general. Um, Allison, what advice would you give to somebody who is on the verge of splitting up and just doesn't know what to do next? My advice would be to um, reach out to someone, whether that person is online on LinkedIn um, or whether that's an attorney or mediator in your area and just find out what your options are. That's the place to start because as you were saying, um, at the beginning of the process, it could be really confusing and people don't really know where to go or what the mediation process might look like or what litigation might look like, the timeline, everything like that. Just talk to someone and ask them what your options are 
And you can explain some of your concerns and fears, if that's whether you're dealing with a narcissist or not. A lot of the times, actually, the situation with someone who is high conflict, a lot of the time they want to feel like they have some semblance of control in the process, like anybody does in a divorce. And that's another thing that mediation can help with is actually like helping that person come to the table and see that they also have a say in the process versus the court just telling them what to do. A lot of the times they're actually more likely to follow through with agreements that are reached um, instead of just having something thrust upon them when they actually feel like, okay, well, I got to be part of choosing the person who's deciding the case. I got to be part of the decision-making process and get my two cents in too, which I'm sure isn't a problem for most narcissists, but um, that just is something that can really help them get there and stick to the agreements and make them more sustainable. Um, and so just speaking with somebody, learning about your options, thinking about the timeline and your priorities. A lot of people don't really know where to start when it comes to like what's most important to them, but just thinking about um, if you're looking at assets or something like that, like what's most important to you and and for custody, certainly, um, what are your priorities when it comes to that and, and co-parenting? And then gathering your financial documents. A lot of states have a mandatory financial disclosures that are required. So just gathering bank statements, mortgage statements, um, all of those things that you can put together, tax returns at the beginning so that you're organized and you kind of have more knowledge going into the process. It's so helpful. You know, the, the term knowledge is power really goes a long way in the divorce process. Also just in helping you like be less scared. Fear is such a big part of it because you just don't know what to expect. And when you know, it's so helpful. Allison, thank you so much for all of this insight. Um, we always have our guests end with a, a quote that is a favorite to them. Doesn't have to be divorce or mediation related, but something inspiring for our listeners. Okay, a quote that is really meaningful to me uh, that my grandma always says, I don't know the exact origin of it, but don't blow out someone's candle to make yours burn brighter. I because it doesn't that. really work like that. That's great. Where is your grandma from? Are you Italian? I am Italian. She is Italian and she lives in San Diego. Oh, but she's okay. from the East Coast originally, Connecticut. I'm my family is Sicilian. I don't know from where exactly. I just did 23andMe, totally random. My dad was adopted. I had no idea where I came from. And I found out and it was like, gee, that makes a lot of sense because I can only cook Italian. I can randomly understand Italian and I've always liked Italian guys. So it made a ton <laughs> of sense. But I love that. Never blow out someone else's candle to burn brighter. Uh, we all have the opportunity to shine. You are shining. Where can everybody find you? On social, email, website? Oh, thank you. Uh, yes, I'm on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Allison Spirito is my name. And my email is also allison at mcgs-law.com if anyone wants to reach out. And if you're on LinkedIn, I suggest following her. That's where I came across Allison. And I found her content to be refreshing and helpful. Like, you know, LinkedIn these days is filled with so much spam and everything you post, I'm like, oh my God, I want to share that with my followers. So I appreciate that about you. Ladies, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have more questions, you can send them my way and I can shoot them over to Allison or you can get in touch with her to directly. Don't forget to keep sending in your topic requests. I love um, making that happen and keep being great. Keep moving on. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. 
thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.